Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to Gospel Tangents, the best source for Mormon history, science, and theology. I'm Rick Bennett. No, you're not. You're Preston. All right, this is a little bit of a bonus throwback episode of one of those little short ones. When I was editing my... uh, interview with Dr. Casey Griffiths, you probably heard my previous introduction where I talked about the Islamabad Moronis. While I was going over the transcript, I'm like, how come I never talked about that? And I actually cut out about a 10-minute segment um, out of Casey's interview about 50 more relics of the Restoration. I now have a, a book. Thank you, Casey, so much. And so with this bonus Christmas episode, we're going to talk about the Islamabad uh, cricket team called the Islamabad Moronis. So uh, it's a little short thing, a couple things that just got left out of the interview that were unintentional. So uh, anyway, Merry Christmas, everyone. This is your, your, a little Christmas present from me, um, putting, putting this back in so uh, you didn't miss out on what I thought we were going to talk about last time. So anyway, Merry Christmas, and uh, hope you enjoy this short episode. Anything else? Um... Let me let me put in a couple more things. Um, another unique thing that's in here, and again, I'm I, I focus on the global church. Uh, is uh, it's it's Islamabad Moroni's uniform. So you're a sports guy. I, I think am. you like this. So this was a cricket team in Pakistan called the Islamabad Moroni's. Wow. And they're they're um, I found this at the Church History Museum, but I tracked down one of the players, the guy that founded the team has moved to Salt Lake and is there with his wife and kids. And I came over and interviewed them and they fed me dinner. But basically, they're Latter-day Saints in Pakistan. Wow. And, you know, Pakistan is a majority Muslim country. Right. Uh, and so, obviously, proselyting there is a little bit complicated, but we do have missionaries in Islamabad. Really? We have. Um, in fact, we have... Because, you know, you keep hearing about Muslims, you can't... Like, they'll kill you if you join in a, a, especially a Christian church. Yeah, yeah. And this was um, one of those cases where th- these people were both, they were Christians that had converted to the church. Oh. Uh, they weren't Muslims. But, I mean, Pakistan and a lot of these Muslim countries have Christian populations. There's a, there's a you know, robust population of Christians in Egypt, which we typically think of as a Muslim country. Well, the Coptic Christians. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, both of these people, I talked to the guy and his wife, and they were both converts to the church. But, I mean, proselyting is complicated. Because you don't talk to Muslims, period. Yeah, yeah. And, and this guy had served a mission for the church, and so had his wife. His wife had served a mission on Temple Square. Oh, wow. Um, but uh, basically, they, they wanted a way to sort of let people know about the church. Um, but... In sort of a, you know, friendly way. So they came up with the idea of, what if we put together a, a Latter Day Saint cricket team? Oh my goodness! <laughs> so their 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 logo literally is like the angel Moroni that you see, would see no on the front way. of That's a Latter Day Saint publication, and their shirt says Islamabad Moronis. And I found out that there was actually different teams in different. Um, places around like there were the anti-Nephi Lehi's and uh, uh. there were the like all these different teams 
that toured around Pakistan and would play cricket. And first of all, these guys love cricket. Like, it was just really fun for them. Right. But it was also a great missionary tool because people would come up and be like, hey, what is Mogolnai? Uh, 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 tell me, tell me, tell me what that means. And it was an opportunity for them to talk about the church. And it was just kind of serendipity. It's, I, I'd taken a picture of that because I saw it in their catalog and said, that looks really cool. And then while we were writing the book, he moved to Salt Lake. And oh, wow. so I went up and spent an afternoon with him and his wife and his kids. And they fed me dinner. And, uh, and I was sort of devastated when it didn't make it into the first volume, but it's in this volume. It's, it's kind of an oddball story. Um, it's there. And, th- and that's linked to one other thing that I want to See, about. I'm surprised at Mary Jane because she's like the India expert, right? Yeah, Mary Jane's done a lot of good stuff. Well, you're thinking of Tottle and Rutherford. Oh, okay. She's done a lot of stuff on India. But Pakistan, I don't know if we've had anybody. No. Uh, deal with. I bet Tottle has done something because she's just so thorough. Okay. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, that was one story that I was thrilled to put in. Um, another one is, is a little further over, but Armenia. Uh, maybe you've heard about the church in Armenia a little bit. A little bit. But, I mean, so, I, all I know is Jackson Washburn served a mission there. Jackson Washburn served a mission there, and he's a great guy, and he could probably talk to you about that. But this was uh, uh, the Armenian genocide, as you probably know, is one yeah, of the... It's a, that's a big issue with Turkey, right? It, it is an underreported, um, maybe un- under-discussed story, yeah. because, I mean, it's it's a genocide, and... Uh, it happens in the early 20th century. Just hundreds of thousands, maybe more, Armenians are killed. Well, uh, a part of the story that people don't know is that there was several branches of the church in Armenia at the time the genocide happened. Um, and before the genocide occurred, they started to you know, read the tea leaves and realize that things were getting dangerous for Armenians. And especially Latter-day Saint Armenians, who, you know, are a minority within a minority. And so uh, this family there um, basically had to evacuate, and they escaped the Armenian uh, genocide. Uh, they came to Lebanon and stayed there for a couple of years, and then eventually immigrated to the United States. And the matriarch of this family um, brought along with her this really unique uh, style of lace creation, where... If you look at it, and there's, there's a good photo of this in the book, um, she creates these lace doilies through knots. So it's totally unique. It's, it's this art form that's unique to, to that part of the world. But she immigrated to uh, eventually the United States and then to Utah, and her descendants have kept all these scrubs. She kept entering them in the church you know, worldwide art contest. And we tracked down the family and interviewed them about their story. And again, I mean, the objects in this book are an excuse to highlight stories, right? Now, is it okay for me to use images from, from that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll okay. give you the images. Okay. I mean, I own them, and so I'm familiar with them. And the, the crochet work here is beautiful. She won the church art contest several times. And the family is just really, really proud. And they're also super proud of the fact that being an Armenian Latter-day Saint is not something you run into every single day. So, linked to one of the biggest stories of the 20th century, what happened to the Armenians, and tells the story of how they escape. There's actually a really good online uh, exhibit that the church set up that tells the story of the Armenian saints and their escape from the genocide, where a lot of miracles happened. That just, hey, the right government official at the right time opened the door, and they made it out before they they would have faced serious, serious consequences, the likes of which it's difficult for us to think about. 
So, oh, I know. So I'm really thrilled that one's in the book too. I'm just happy. Some of these people, I'm happy that I can go back and say, "Hey, here's the book. Your grandma's story is going to be highlighted." She passed away a couple of years ago, but I, I went back and actually found articles from the church news that talked about these Armenian members of the church where they had submitted, you know, uh, a cr- they'd submitted uh, this kind of lace work to the church in the 1930s before they made it to the Americas, because they spend a fair amount of time in Lebanon just trying to get visas to come into the United States. So, really, really cool story, too, that we're proud of to be there as well. Cool. Um, is this going to be out before Christmas, do you think? The, it should be out in November, is, is what I'm told. And okay. like I said, um, this one has, uh, it still has some stuff uh, from early church history. So this um, will be a good Christmas gift. It could be. Hey, buy volume one and volume two um, yeah. for your church history lover. Um, this volume does have some stuff from early church history. Like you probably have interviewed Mark Staker. Twice. Twice. So he's told you about the fragments, the pipe fragments from Kirtland. Oh, no, but I saw that in there because those are like smoking pipes. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think he did mention that in my first interview. Mo- most people know the background where, you know, in the School of the Prophets, everybody, Brigham Young said everybody would take out a pipe and start to discuss the great things of the kingdom and then put it. A chaw in their mouth and then pretty soon it was all over the ground um, but another source says that you know when the word of wisdom was received because sometimes we peddle this like well it was a suggestion but several men in Kirtland threw their pipes into the, into the stove well at the time one of the main businesses was the ashery where they would collect ash from all over the community and they'd refine it to make potash or pearl ash and before they rebuilt the Kirtland ashery Mark Staker led a team of archaeologists that did a dig there and they found all these pipe fragments that must have just been leftovers from the ashery. And one of them has the name Johnson stamped on the stem. So it's John probably Johnson? Luke or Lyman Johnson, okay. who were both parts of the School of the Prophets. Participated. So there's stuff from early church history. We also got a chance to do the printer's manuscript of the Book of Mormon in this one, which that's a whole other story for a whole other day. Um, but this one has a lot of great international women um, stories that are maybe a little bit further off the beaten path. I'm really proud of it because one of the things I feel is really critical is that we internationalize our story. You know, right alongside Palmyra and Kirtland and Nauvoo, we need to be talking about Bangkok and uh, Islamabad and um, all the and Nairobi, all all these places where where the church is is experiencing new things. Uh, and the culture is becoming more rich, and we need to embrace that. So I'm an American. I'm proud to be an American, but I also love my identity as a as a global Latter Day Saint that has this community. And I've been able to travel a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. I've always been warmly embraced by the local saints, um, and just really, really fall in love with these little communities they built all over the world. So that that's a big part of this book is to highlight these communities. And to try and use these objects to not just explain, hey, here's what the religious life of the community was like, but hey, here's what a 1930s dance hall in a weird Utah town looks like. Or, hey, um, mothers and daughters passed on this unique form of Armenian lace uh, to each other, and now it's part of our church culture, too. So That's cool. Uh, I hope it's an anti-colonial narrative, because I know that's the big thing right now, is, is that the church doesn't colonize the church embraces these cultures and and brings it into us that you know in a sense you know they're colonizing us in the sense that they're making us more rich and more diverse and 
and helping us appreciate just how great God's family is everywhere. Yeah, very cool. If you like what we're doing here on Gospel Tangents, please become a paid subscriber at gospeltangents.com or patreon.com slash gospeltangents. We've got full transcripts on our website at gospeltangents.com. And if you'd like to check out some of our other conversations, click over here. Thanks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.